Welcome to a special offering by Conversations with a Wounded Healer, the Burnt Out Practice Owner. This series will discuss the current state of group practice ownership, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll hear current and former practice owners' tales of glory and woe as we attempt to answer the ultimate question, why do we do this to ourselves? And we want to hear from you too. What have been your biggest moments of struggle or triumph? What are questions you want us to explore? I'm your host, Sarah Buino. I owned and operated my practice Head Heart Therapy for 10 years before selling in 2023. Ownership was an equally grueling and rewarding experience for me, and I now spend my time helping current practice owners find balance for themselves. Join us between releases of Conversations with a Wounded Healer for this special series. OMG, hello. Welcome to The Burnt Out Practice Owner. This is a special series that we're releasing under Conversations with a Wounded Healer, which that's a podcast I've had for the last five years. And we talk about the intersectional journey of healing self while caring for others in a kooky world. And in the burnt out practice owner, I guess this idea came to me as I was consulting with some practices, right? So a lot of Conversations with a Wounded Healer. Listeners know my story because I've shared it. I've been a practice owner for the last 10 years. In 2020, before the pandemic happened, I had made a decision that I was done and had hired Rael Grayson, who was my executive director, told her at the time, I am done and I would love for someone in this position to potentially take over the practice for me. Didn't know what that would look like, had no idea about selling or you know, joint partnership or whatever. But, you know, at that sort of time, we both kind of like had this agreement like, okay, we're going to examine this in the future. And, you know, took several years. But in April of 2023, I sold. Rael is now the proud owner of Head Heart Therapy, and I could not be happier to be free. <laughs> so that's my my story of practice ownership. And this idea came about because after selling Head Heart, I have started Head Heart Business Therapy to really support practice owners, not only with the practicalities of business ownership and practice ownership, but a lot of the emotional work. I mean, that's what I found most challenging being a practice owner was really holding energetically everything that needs to be held in terms of you know personnel and management and all that sort of stuff. So I was talking with a practice owner recently and she was like, man, I wish that there were, I wish that there were more resources for burnt out practice owners. And then all of a sudden I got like all of these downloads about like all of the things that I can do to offer for burnt out practice owners because, oh my God, do I know the pain of that so well. So we're starting some support groups for burnt out practice owners. I am starting this podcast series to offer some solace to you. And this is sort of the intro to that, that I, I want to just sort of get you acquainted to what I think what I think we might be doing. Who knows? I'm sort of making this up as I go along, so it could change. But right now, what I have in mind is that this series will be episodes that are 30 minutes or less in between the Conversations with a Wounded Healer episodes, so they'll be released on different weeks. And I will be chatting with both current and former practice owners about their experience with the current practice owners, you know, talking about their pain points, how they've seen themselves grow, you know, all that jazz with former practice owners, really, you know, how did you know it was time to sell? What was your process of selling? 
any advice you have, you know, for other practice owners around this. And then I also, I would love for it to be a conversation. I think if we get to the point where people are willing to share interesting, wacky, silly stories of their own practice owner experience, I would love to hear that. I'd also love to hear your questions, right? I get tons of questions all the time. And because it's what I do for a living now, I don't offer them for free usually. So this is sort of one avenue where I can offer some advice to people and you don't have to pay for my time. So that's sort of where we're going with this. And I wanted to take this first episode to really share my story with you. So I already told you kind of the backdrop of, of selling the practice, but I'll tell you a little bit more about my journey as a practice owner. I started Head Heart Therapy technically at the end of 2013, was kind of my soft launch. And I didn't bring on my first associate until I think 2015. So first year was solo. In 2014, both of my parents died. <laughs> so, and I, yes, people are like, sorry for your loss. It's been almost 10 years. So I am at a different place with it. And I can laugh about it now how egregious that was just in my life to have started a business and then lose both my parents. So started my business, both my parents died, brought on my first two people. And truthfully, I brought these people onto my practice out of codependency because I had so many referrals. At that period of time, I was one of only a handful of people who was trained in Brene Brown's Daring Way, and everybody wanted it. Everybody wanted it at that time. So the reason I decided to start private practice in the first place, because I had inquiries all the time from her website, people wanting to do that work. And so I had a lot of that. I did groups and treatment centers. So people all the time were meeting me in treatment centers and wanted to work with me. And so, you know, I end up with, you know, 20 clients myself and then referrals just keep pouring in. Right. So I was like, I guess I have to find somebody to take these on. And my dear colleague, John Codd, who I liked to say ruined me for the totality of practice ownership, because when he came on, he was exactly what any practice owner would want. He knew exactly what he was doing. I didn't have to tell him shit. And he did his job. He did it really well. And he kept clients. And then he went home and everything was fine. And that's not usually, that's not a very typical relationship with staff right off the bat. So I always joke with him about that. And, you know, things evolved from there, brought on a couple more folks. And then I, entered into a, well, we didn't have an actual deal and that was part of the problem, but I had entered into a business relationship with someone. We opened a treatment center, so a higher level of care doing PHP, IOP for addiction. And I was not given the infrastructure, the money and the support that I was promised. And so through all of that, I ended up tripling my staff, basic, or maybe doubling. No, probably tripling because I think I had five or six before, and then I had like 15 at the end of the treatment center. It went terribly. As you can imagine, you know, one person trying to run a treatment center and trying to manage staff and trying to manage the private practice, it was too much. Absolutely too much. I was terrible at it. I got burnt out really quickly, found myself feeling suicidal, knowing I didn't really want to kill myself, but feeling that suicidal feeling, ended up exiting that relationship, dissolving the treatment center, and realizing, 
holy shit, I'm a business owner. And not once had I considered myself a business owner before that. And so I said to myself, either you're going to learn how to be a business owner and run a business, or you're just going to get the fuck out and do something else. So I decided I would try to learn to be a business owner. And I spent 2019 trying to build some structure also because I am who I am. And I was doing four thousand other things at the same time. I wasn't giving all of my attention to the practice. And so again, I didn't feel like I did a really good job. And then I had the idea of, all right, I need somebody to help me do this. I can't do it alone anymore. And either I hire a person or I dissolve the business. I was very, very clear on that. And I was like, all right, universe, like if that person is out there for me, I'm going to find them. And if not, then that's my signal I need to close. And I found Rael. And as we say, the rest is history. And I want to be really frank about the process of selling here because a lot of these questions are what people ask. And I, you know, I think there's a lot of mystery around the money and, and all of this sort of stuff. But the ins and outs of how we went about selling the practice, I think it must have been 2022. Yes, when we hired a consultant to sort of help us get all of the things ready that we needed to get ready in order for Rael to feel comfortable taking the business on. So more policies and procedures were put into place, a lot more sort of structures around, you know, how the business is run, measures of accountability for staff, that sort of thing to make everything even more concrete, you know, to hand it off to Rael. So we did that. I really fought myself for a long time about what I felt comfortable selling for monetarily because I think a lot of it was devaluing what I had done and what I had created. And if you've listened to conversations with a wounded healer, you've heard me talk about my healer guy, Daryl, who used to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. And so he always jokes with me like when we're on like spiritual healing calls, but then we talk about business, he's like, well, you're getting my $500 an hour advice for a lot cheaper. So you're welcome. And as I was like sort of fighting, like, do I do an official valuation or not? Because I had heard from people that valuations come up with different numbers, even when you're inputting the same amount, right? Like my numbers for the business were my numbers. And I'll just tell you at the time that I was owning Head Heart Therapy, we still hadn't crossed the million dollar threshold for gross revenue. We were always just just under, but really close to reaching the million dollar mark. So People were saying like evaluation is not necessarily going to make it feel right to you and you're going to pay a lot of money and it might not be worth it. And so Daryl said to me, you know, selling a business is just like selling a car. It's what you think it's worth and it's what someone is willing to buy it for. And at that point, I was like, okay. So, you know, Rael and I sat down and I said, I think, I think the business is worth around four to $500,000. Maybe worth more, maybe worth less. I don't know, like, you know, what a lawyer will tell you. But she said, okay. And we negotiated to a number that was just over 400,000. And we wanted to be able to, you know, have her just pay me off right away. But because of the way the business was and some other factors, we had to do what's called a seller carry. And so basically, you know, we have a document that says that she will pay me this amount that's just over $400,000 within the next, I think, three years it is. 
So she is making regular payments to me every month. And then the hope is, is that at some point within the next three years, she can get a loan to pay me the full amount at the end of whatever is left, whatever's unpaid. That was the process for us. You know, we had some ups and downs with with my lawyer initially. So I ended up getting a new lawyer who understood that, you know, for us, it was really a handshake deal. And obviously, we wanted to do everything right legally and, you know, make sure both of us were protected. She had a lawyer. I had a lawyer. They were very cordial and nice with each other, which was so good. And also understood like, you know, for a handshake deal, this is like, this is two friends doing this. You know, this is not people who don't trust each other. After working together for three years, we had built a really solid trust in one another. And so when I said, this is what I think the business is worth, she said, I agree with you because you've done a lot of hard work and, you know, and I appreciate you building this so that I can take it on. And yeah, I think that's all of the important stuff. That was my process of of selling. And you know, what has been really cool on the other side of that is, and I, I didn't even really think about this before I made the shift, but as a practice owner, because of the way that I care for my staff and the integrity that I want to have as a practice owner, I never wanted to say anything about my staff that would make them feel like I didn't appreciate them. And the problem is when you get into a business owner role, it is so hard (laughs) and there's so much underappreciation that comes from staff, which is fine. That's part of the gig. Like it is not their job to appreciate you as an owner, but it also is very isolating and it sucks. And so I was feeling most of the time, like, I hate this, this sucks I love these people, like individually and collectively. Like, you know, there were so many times where we had just beautiful staff, amazing people, but it was the work and it was like the structure and it was the pressure that I put on myself and the pressure that is just inherent in knowing that you are providing people's livelihood to them that was just too much for me. And so that's part of why I ended up deciding to sell. So, All that to say, the cool vantage point that I have now of having gone through this experience and not having, I guess, not having really like ties, like I'm not going to hurt anybody with what I say now, right? Because they're not my staff. I don't even know what they're doing over at Head Heart. I'm sure it's great stuff, but I don't even know because I'm not involved in in it anymore. (laughs) And now I can be really honest. I think a lot more honest and transparent about my experience and In my work consulting with other practice owners, what I hear over and over again is, oh, thank God, I thought I was the only one, right? Like, you know, people coming to me and saying, ah, have you had this, you know, incident where you had to fire somebody that went really poorly and now they hate you? Yes, too many times. It's a really painful experience. Have you had somebody, you know, do something wrong in session and then you need to fire them and you hate it because you love this person? Yes, I have also had that. Like, There are, I think, probably pretty predictable sort of HR things that end up happening just because of the nature of the work that we do and the fact that we're all trying to muddle through it together. So I hope that listening to this Burnt Out Practice Owner series, if you're a practice owner, or even if you're not, you know, like if you're a practice owner, I hope you feel less alone. If you're listening to this as somebody who's not a practice owner, I hope that this vantage point will 
create some perspective. And I say that not because I think that like, oh, if employees were just more grateful, then owning a practice would be easier. It's not about gratitude, but I do think we're in a period of time right now where employees are suspecting that they are being exploited, whether they are or not. And I'm sure there are some really shitty practice owners out there doing really shitty things. But for the most part, the people that I talk to, and I talk to a lot of them, they're trying as hard as they can to do the right thing. And to be able to balance running a practice, making sure it's viable, and viable does mean profit, right? Like, And we're in this time where everybody's judging capitalism right now. And capitalism sucks. I hate it. I hate that we have to charge people money to get mental health help. I hate that. I wish that that were not where we are, but it is where we are. And so we're working with what we got. And so, you know, practice owners can only do what they can in terms of, you know, offering fair wages to staff and also making sure that there is revenue to continue the business, right? So if you're listening to this and you're not a practice owner, you know, see what it feels like and give me feedback, right? Like if there are things that I say that you're like, wait a minute, that's not fair to us as employees. I want to know that too, because I'm trying to hold a place where my aspiration is that there can be a scenario in which employees are happy and business owners aren't tearing their hair out all the time. That's what I want. That's what I want for us. I don't know if it's possible in this climate right now, but that's what I want. And so that's part of what this series is seeking to do. So thank you for joining this special episode of The Burnt Out Practice Owner. I really look forward to some conversations that we're going to have in the future. Who knows what is going to you know, happen with all of this. So thanks for sticking with me. Until next time, bye-bye. Oh,